Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And today we're talking a little bit about trauma and trauma responses. So we've talked a little bit about trauma in the past. Uh, We've talked about boundaries. We've talked about a lot of different Mm -hmm. things. And one of the things that we've noticed is that everyone goes through trauma. Right. There are big T traumas in our lives. There are little T traumas in our lives. But everyone has moments where they experience trauma. And that trauma then affects them from that point moving forward. And sometimes it can be unexpected. And you may not identify it as a trauma response. Mm -hmm. You're just sort of watching yourself thinking, why is this such a big deal? Yes. Why am I... I'm not quite sure why I'm reacting the way I am, but I am reacting to this. This was something. Yes. And not sure what's going on with me. Yes. And I love that because that's one of the indicators, one of the things that can point out to you that you're having a trauma response. And that could come because of what I call a trauma anniversary. Uh, It can come, and and what I mean by that is maybe a date that some traumatic thing has happened in the past, whether it's a car accident, whether it's a discovery day, whether it's a a specific other type of event like a a birthday or a death day um, that is particularly traumatic. Or it can be something that reminds the body of that traumatic situation. So like we've talked in past episodes on trauma, the trauma gets stored in your body and your body, when it goes through something very distressful, will kind of look around in its environment and say, okay, what's going on? What's going on right now that is, that I can help protect myself against this thing happening. Right. But it's not something that is necessarily, um, logical or like in your prefrontal cortex, you know, if you're going through like a car accident, it might, you know, be okay. Make sure that I don't drive next to big trucks. Now that could still traumatize you driving next to a big truck, but it also might just be just getting in the car in general, or it might be, uh, the smell of the car freshener that was in the car at the time and later in life or later uh, as you move forward, you smell that car freshener and your body goes, <sighs> and it has this traumatic response. So when we're looking at trauma responses, you may not recognize something as being a trauma response, but if it, you notice something being really big, yeah, bigger than maybe it ought to be in the situation, right? 
that may be an indicator that there's something else going on. Right. Your body's reminded of Mm -hmm. something that's happened before. Yeah. That was perceived as a threat. Yes. To self. Definitely. Yeah. And this might be something you need to unpack in therapy. Yeah. There, there can be a lot of things that come from childhood, um, that come from other, other things that you are not going to put together car freshener with this situation, especially if it was when you were young. Uh, so being aware of that is important. Um, for example, I was working, uh, with a woman on, uh, why relationship, why there was sort of this concept of, of self-sabotage in relationship. And what we ended up doing an art session on was going back and going back, taking those feelings back was, uh, potty training as a child Hmm. and feeling abandoned. So you may not always be able to find some of those pieces on your own. And when you say art session, what do you mean? Oh yeah. Accelerated resolution therapy. So this is a, uh, it's an, a rapid eye movement treatment that has been empirically studied. It's similar to EMDR, but it is faster and more effective. So for example, even this week I was contacted with, excuse me, by a group that provides a nonprofit group that provides funding for first responders to get treatment for trauma. And they only will provide this funding for art therapy sessions because it's so effective. So it, it comes from EMDR. So a lot of people are familiar with EMDR and this treatment is about it derives from EMDR. The individual who uh, developed it was an EMDR therapist and realized, Hey, if I do this, if I do this, it's so much faster and it's more effective. And so she was able to sort of develop this new way of doing things. Yeah. That was, was really helpful. So, so when we're talking about trauma and managing trauma, and working through trauma, there's, there's things that you can do on your own and there's things that you really ought to have help with mm-hmm. uncovering some of this deeper sort of where this started for me, memories, childhood type things, mm-hmm. definitely you need help and you need someone like a therapist who can go through it and ask the right questions and do the right interventions. For example, like this, uh, art or ART therapy Sherry's talking about, as well as something like EMDR, mm-hmm. um, this can be really effective. And so sometimes things are big enough and impactful enough that you by yourself on your own are going to struggle with dealing with, managing, working through, overcoming. And that's not because you, you know, aren't smart enough or, or strong enough, just some things you need a lot of help. In, in a yeah. lot of ways, it's like overcoming addiction on your own. It's just really hard on your own. And if there's tools and people who are trained to help you through this, it can be the difference maker. Yeah. And so we want to talk a little bit about these bigger, how can I get help with 
um, the traumas and responding to my traumas and working through them in this episode. And then we want to follow up with some of the smaller things that often you can do if you have done these bigger things already. And even if you haven't, things that you can do on your own by yourself if you are in a situation that it's coming up and maybe even an anxiety or panic attack, something Mm -hmm. is going on and you need help in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people are familiar with EMDR. Uh, David is trained in EMDR. It's a widely known and respected uh, treatment form. So that is certainly one. And still very effective. Yes. But, you know, like anything else, you can make improvements and build on it. And that's where ART is. And in fact, I'm going to be trained in ART soon. I've seen a lot of benefit just hearing from clients. So Mm -hmm. EMDR is definitely helpful. ART is helpful also. Yeah. And takes what EMDR, how far it brought us and keeps going from there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about ART. I always get a lot of questions from people. What is this? How does this work? Because really what we're looking at, if you look at the place that therapy has been to where it is now. If you were talking about trauma, you know, 30 years ago, you're talking about, okay, what can we do to minimize the effects that trauma has? Right. Right. And, and some of those things are going to be things we're going to talk about in that next episode, because there are moments that are going to come up that you weren't aware of. You weren't aware that these things were going to happen in your life. You weren't aware that there were things that were connected to other things and all of that. So, but, you know, many years ago, that's all we had were just those kind of managing tools, which are effective, right? And they're helpful and you can process through things, but it doesn't get rid of that traumatic response. Right. So So this idea of treating the symptom... Yes. We want to treat the disease. Yeah. And, and of course, back then we didn't have the options right. to actually treat what was going on. We were just treating symptoms because that's what we had. So coming up on EMDR was developed and suddenly we have something where in a number of months, you know, we can kind of work through some things and really start to make some progress and start to clear away some of the things that have happened. And you should know EMDR and ART work on the same principle of there's some external stimuli while the brain is thinking, processing, whatever traumatic or hard events have happened. And so it might be follow my fingers. Mm -hmm. So you actually will sit close to the therapist or Mm -hmm. the practitioner and they will move their hand back and forth and you'll follow their fingers Mm -hmm. with your eyes. Sometimes in EMDR, we also use tones. Mm-hmm. We also use a light bar or paddles that vibrate that you hold in your hands. Mm-hmm. And we honestly don't know exactly why it works the way it does. Yes. We, we suspect it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. We suspect it's related to REM sleep, rapid eye movement, and yeah. how you know we've done studies where we prevent people from getting REM sleep on purpose and then see if they can remember the day's events the same and they can't. Mm-hmm. So there's something about the brain processing and moving its eyes, yes. apparently, or having some sort of bilateral stimulation, both hemispheres of the brain, uh, that moves it. And, and we don't know exactly why, but we certainly have learned to begin to take advantage of it. Yes. And 
it's been, even if we don't understand exactly why, it has been studied extensively, this yeah. concept, both with EMDR and with ART and found to be extremely effective. Right. So as we're doing those uh, movements, we're, we're working on clearing the trauma. So as we... As you come in and do these art sessions or EMDR, I'm going to speak specifically from an art perspective, but as you're doing these rapid eye movement treatments, we're allowing the body to move or the brain to move even out of your prefrontal cortex, but back to kind of that middle brain, amygdala, all, all that in the back, which is where your memories, where your trauma um, images, all of that is stored. And giving your brain an ability to kind of get back there and have things come up. So I have a lot of people that come in, they're nervous about doing art because they're afraid of doing it wrong. They're afraid of not being able to find the thing that's really a problem. And what I just tell them is just let your brain do it. Don't worry about overthinking it because we don't want you to be thinking. We want your brain to just pull it up. And it does, it just pulls it up and it's able to come up with the space of like, okay, this is where this is coming from. And it can take a little bit of work to find the concept or whatever, but oftentimes the brain just, just pulls it right, right up. Yeah. And, and an important principle in this process is there's no supposed to's don't feel any pressure to mm-hmm. know what's supposed to happen or try to guide the process. It's, it's most effective when you don't try to guide at all. And yes. so we use this analogy of like your brain is driving the bus. Uh-huh. You're just a passenger looking out the window. You're just noticing where you're going, but mm-hmm. you're not trying to go kick the brain out of the driver's seat and take over. Yes. That's when the process doesn't work very well. But yeah. if you allow yourself to just whatever comes up, comes up because there's, you know, your brain is connecting things that may not make a lot of logical sense, but it's still necessary for this process of discovery and overcoming. And so mm-hmm. no pressure whatsoever to know what's supposed to happen or where you're supposed to go, but just allow your brain to do what it does. And, you know, the therapist will help guide you through that. Yeah. And the cool part about that is, is your brain knows exactly what it needs to do. It just needs that little bit of direction, that little bit of guidance. And and that stimulation, oddly things. enough. I know. It's the hand so movement, crazy. the eyes back and forth. Yep. It does incredible things. And you really can get to a place where, again, 30 years ago, that just wasn't a possibility. And now you can completely clear the trauma away where it's just, it's just not a thing anymore. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And so if you're having trauma responses, what you've identified now is a trauma response, like an overreaction, but not an overreaction because you're just being unreasonable. No, something is underneath that. Something yes. is going on. Um, we encourage you to yeah. see a therapist about doing a treatment, a trauma-focused therapy like mm-hmm. EMDR or ART mm-hmm. um, so that you can begin to clear that away. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, you know, a little bit later, 
But I know another treatment that David uses for this is tapping. Tapping. So tell us a little bit about tapping. So tapping um, is basically like EMDR or ART on your own. So it's not guided, but it allows you to still have bilateral stimulation and you're moving and it does something. So EFT, <laughs> there's so many... I know there's so many wonderful things, wonderful tools Emotionally out there. focused therapy is one EFT. Another EFT yes. is um, <laughs> emotional freedom technique. And this is the tapping yes. part. So yes. if you were to Google it or go on YouTube, emotional freedom technique, you'll see how it's done. But you literally are tapping parts of your body. Mm -hmm. And before you start tapping parts of your body, you are recognizing what's going on for you. So ideally you do this when you're really anxious. And so you make some statement, some distressed, yep. You make some statement that identifies that you're anxious or distressed with an affirmation, with a reassurance. For example, I'm feeling very scared. I'm feeling very anxious. However, I love and accept myself completely. Something like that. So that's where mm -hmm. it would start. But then you would tap on these points on your body. Some are on your head um, and, you know, I've seen a little different tapping points, so mm. I'm not so sure, honestly, that the tapping points are as important. You know, there's 14 that we identify in emotional freedom technique that are energy lines in your body. Think like yeah. acupuncture or Eastern medicine. Which, for those of you who might think, ah, that seems a little, like, crazy, a little out there, they, they actually can measure those points like those energy flows are actually like scientifically measurable um so it might seem a little out there but it's actually literally a scientific space in your body where there are energy flows and points yeah which which if you think about when you're really stressed you typically hold this in different parts of your body. Mm -hmm. So your body really does a lot of interesting things and different parts do different things. And so there really is a lot to the energy and where it's stored and where it flows. And so with emotional freedom technique, we try to tap on a lot of these points. And yeah. so some are on your head, your collarbone, your side, your wrists. And, you know, the best way really is to YouTube emotional freedom technique. There's some great stuff on there. But this is something that you can do on your own yeah. that has tremendous success. In fact, any time I have ever taught clients how to do this and they do it, that's mm -hmm. always the, yeah. you assume if we <laughs> teach this, they're going to do it. But if they actually do it when they're in a moment of distress or anxiety, it always helps. Now, that's a strong statement for sure to say yeah. always but it always helps. It doesn't always make it completely gone, like this really distressing thing just disappeared. But they always report that they felt better. And often they didn't do it very long. Mm -hmm. And so my advice is you keep doing it until you feel better enough to do what you need to do and continue. And often it does take it all the way out. But if you will commit to just a few minutes of doing that, and tapping, learning how to tap and tapping, you'll see a big difference. And it uses the same idea of body and movement, yeah. which is always going to be more effective for trauma than talking. 
Yes. So, so one thing we've learned, I mean, back when therapy started, think Freud, there was this idea <laughs> that you just talk everything out and that's how you can solve anything. And if, if it's not being solved, you're just not using the right words. Yeah. Well, we now know that trauma is stored in the body. You know, Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body yes. Keeps the Score, has helped yes. a lot for people to understand how this works. But the body literally keeps this stuff inside. And mm-hmm. unless there is movement and the body is involved in the process, it will not release this energy, this trauma. Right. We know this now. And so it can be as simple as walking, but you've probably noticed where if you're walking and talking, it's different than if you're just talking. Just getting your body involved a little bit makes a difference. Yes, yes. And to go back a little bit to that, to the ART, you are involving your body. Right. It's interesting. It's it's a little different way than you think, right? You're not walking around the room, but you're actually finding the trauma where it's stored in your body and clearing and releasing that. Yep. So the EFT and the ART and the EMDR, and now you have so many <laughs> acronyms swirling around in your head, but these are all really useful in in therapy techniques or to at least learn the structure of it to be able to kind of process that on and do some of like even the EFT techniques, like sitting down with a therapist that's familiar with that and learning a little bit about that learning how to do that properly to help release the trauma. So these are wonderful tools that you can use in session. And we also don't want to discount actual talk therapy. Yeah. There is a lot that can be done in talk therapy and helping to process out and to even find, okay, where did this come from? Or where, why is this a thing for me? And so being able to talk about it in therapy and process some of that can be really useful to pull apart what is, I to almost use a a funny phrase, what is native to the situation in which I was experiencing the distress and what was a trauma response from something else? Mm -hmm. Because there really are pieces that could be just that situation. Right. right? And then pieces that have been overlaid that are causing a lot more distress from the past. So again, pulling some of these things apart is, is really critical and important in being able to identify the trauma and then being able to clear it. So again, talk there can be therapy can be extremely useful in those situations. Yep, definitely. So I think we'll talk next time about additional things you can do on your own, uh, as well as recognizing the trauma and honoring that space in your body. And we'll talk about that next time. Awesome. See you then. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.